Welcome to the Designing Hollywood podcast in association with the John Campia Show. I am your host, Robert Meyer Burnett. Today's episode is sponsored by the Costumes Rental Corporation. Today's guest is a costume designer and textile artist known for her outstanding work in a variety of productions, from small independent projects to the biggest Hollywood blockbusters. Feature films such as Furious 7, Enchanted, The Conjuring 2, Star Trek Insurrection, and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, as well as popular TV shows such as WandaVision, Shameless, and American Horror Story. Her latest works include special textile creations for Helen Mirren as the Greek goddess in Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and the iconic green velvet tunic for Bette Midler as the Sanderson sister in Hocus Pocus 2. And I'm very excited to talk to her about the Steven Soderbergh-produced Divinity, which I haven't seen, but it's right up my alley. Without further ado, it is my great pleasure to welcome costume designer Francine Lecoultre to the Designing Hollywood Show. Hello. Um, so my name is Francine Lecoultre, and uh, yes, I grew up in Switzerland, and I got involved uh, and passion with crafts uh, through my family. And uh, at age six, I started sewing, and I was passionate about sewing, and I said I wanted to be a seamstress, and I was making clothes for my dolls and all this. <laughs> And then later on, I uh, wanted to be an artist. And uh, my family was il- involved in the watch uh, business in Switzerland, creating mm. uh, p- little pieces for watch movements. So at a very early age, I was sitting in the factory and watching uh, you know, uh, uh, these little pieces getting made. So I was really fascinated by you know, patience and uh, precision. Definitely, this is my world. So it's how I got um, um, interested in uh, craftsmanship. The movie uh, became much later, and uh, at the end, I became a, an educator and a professor of art. So I've been teaching art uh, for, for a long time. And I only started working in the movie industry at age 43. So I'm a wow. bloomer, like we can say. That's, that's amazing. So when, when you were growing up, uh, were you a fan of cinema? Did you watch a lot of movies? Did you watch a lot of television? Or were you more concentrating in the arts itself? I think none of them, to, to tell you the truth. We had no television. I had my first television at the age 35. Wow. And I did not grow up with cinema, uh, more like an art neither, actually. So I was an athlete. I was really passionate about sport and athletic, you know, skiing, sailing and all these. Mm. I mean, in Switzerland, uh, I've been to Switzerland and it's uh, it's it's incredible. I I spent a whole holiday season in Davos skiing. So it's uh, ama- I, the best skiing I've ever experienced was in switzerland so that makes a lot of uh, incredible so how then did you find your way from from a career in the arts and being a a professor how did you find your way to hollywood how did that happen (laughs) well that's definitely an adventure being a professor of art i also had a, a boyfriend who was 
a director in theater. So I, I became passionate of costumes at that time. And I was designing costume for avant-garde theater, uh, which I really liked. Mm. And then I did, I created the, the costume for an opera, for two opera, uh, the Magic Flute and Carmen. And then I was definitely hooked. <laughs> and I took a sabbatical year and, you know, traveled to San Francisco and then um, end up being interested in learning really how to make uh, costumes. And I, um, I uh, decided to attend the Institute of Fashion Design and I uh, received a diploma in uh, costume design. And then I became a costume designer like that. So... Yes. <laughs> but I, I, it's amazing to switch. Were you ever like switching careers like that? Uh, and, and again, designing for theater, a, a lot of costume designers and movies began in, in theater. And mm -hmm. what, what I've always been fascinated by is when you're designing for theater, um, you're designing for an audience that's sitting far away. And you have to sort of fill a stage, especially if you're designing for opera. There's some, I mean, the Mag Magic Flute must have been an amazing opera to design for. Is is there a difference for you when you're designing pieces for theater and opera as opposed to designing pieces for cinema when you have to be much, the camera's close up and right on on a costume, especially when you're a textile designer? Is, is there a difference between the two? There is there is difference, of course, but I definitely have been um, like influenced by theater because theater everything is big and bold, and you know the like the scale is also much bigger. So I still like expressionist costumes and and scales and large design and pattern. I my specialty being a textile artist is painting. Um, like special motif or fabric uh, on the fabric mm. and definitely uh, the theatrical background that I have is a, is is a lot of, of has a lot of, yes yeah I mean I I it's it's interesting to me because the the movies that you started to work on um, were were very theatrical I know that you worked on um, Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin and he came out of production design, and those are very theatrical costumes. And then working on Star Trek and even Tarsem's The Cell, all three of those movies have amazing costume design. I mean, with with Batman and Robin, you had Mr. Freeze and, of course, all the villains, and then, of course, Batman and Batgirl and Robin and all of those costumes. And then uh, Star Trek, you had multiple races you were designing for. You had the Sona and the Baku, you know, and I, I uh, the work you started on, you didn't start on anything really easy when you came to Hollywood. They were always big productions that had a lot of uh, a lot of very interesting work for you. What was it like for you transitioning from theater to film? Was it difficult? Um, was it hard for you? It was, for sure, it was a challenge, uh, not necessarily uh, transitioning from um, from theater to film, but definitely to work in Hollywood, which is a big machine. I started at uh, Star Trek Television, created special fabric for aliens and uh, very special characters. And I definitely was 
uh, impressed by the by the speed, by the scale, by the um, by all the details and, and incredible um, production values that we were we were producing. So uh, I jumped there um, and I was <laughs> really surprised. And I hang on tight. And you know you have to be definitely uh, patient and persistent and also humble to learn something completely different. Specifically, my English, you know, was a was a little bit of a challenge. I, I did not. Uh, practice a lot by that time so it was everything was to learn but jumping in something completely new was was extraordinary as well yeah and i mean the the uh, so much fun i think for a costume designer to work on genre science fiction fantasy horror action um you got to do a lot of that and i i would imagine coming from the theater as opposed to saying doing not that historical epics aren't fun, but if you did something set in the 17th or 18th century, your creativity might be limited because you're working on something that's real as opposed to something that you're creating out of your imagination. Um, how do you begin? What is, what is your process when when you're you're tasked with creating a costume? How do you uh, start? Is it with the script? Do you talk with the director? Uh, what is your process? Um, you mentioned, you know, Batman and Robin. Definitely, that was a great, uh, also learning experience because I learned on this project, like starting with um, samples and, you know, also um, making a lot of tests and development, like research and development. So, like on a film like Divinity, which is a small film, independent movie. I have been able to apply this technique even we don't have that much time, you know, I can just uh, um, use my, um, all my um, palette of, uh, of texture or material and reuse them in, in this process. So it's always like discuss in discussion with the director, with Eddie Alcazar, we uh, discussed the possibility and uh, of the costume and then making tests and making prototype. I really like the development of the prototype because the prototype has to be right. And after that, you have a great costume. So uh, also, uh, I think my background in Switzerland, we're all about you know testing and yeah. technology and um, the uh, scientific um, development in Switzerland is very advanced. It's, just, it's a tiny country, but we have a lot of, uh, of, you know, the quality is extremely important. So growing, growing up with that um, um, development, I can apply in everything I do, you know. Which is great. I, and I, I, I just, I'm, I'm so impressed by your list of credits because you you worked on some great I mean as far as costumes some great cost mil, films that had great costumes, whether it was the cell even even uh, the second triple X movie State of the Union, and 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 Mon Monkey Bone <laughs> had some great uh, great stuff in it that you that you worked on and um, uh, I'm a big fan. So the, this film Divinity has been a movie that I have been looking forward to. I saw the trailer. And obviously, I'm a huge fan of producer Steven Soderbergh, you know, all the way back to his first film, 
sex lies and videotape. And when he gets involved with something, it's always unique. And the trailer for this movie is incredible. And as a longtime, lifelong science fiction fan, uh, this 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 film looks amazing to me. And you were the production designer, or the costume designer on the costume designer on the film. How did you find yourself working on Divinity? And um, what were your first impressions knowing it was going to be black and white and a combination of claymation and live action? There were so many interesting things about this movie. Tell us, tell us how did you find yourself involved with this project and how did it develop? Uh, so I have to say that we had um, developed other projects together. I worked on a previous movie with uh, Eddie Alcazar, which was The Vandal. And I have been introduced to uh, Eddie Alcazar by the DP, uh, Danny Hille, and who is a good friend. And uh, so on uh, the Vandal was already black and white, and we also had uh, stop motion animation. So we had already a relationship of, of all the technical aspect, which was actually mm. would make things a lot easier. And Divinity being a film a science fiction as well, then we took on all the, the different aspects. So this film is very complex for such a, um, a, you know, a small film, but the locations were incredible. The team, we had kind of like already worked together. We went at the Cannes Film Festival with uh, the Vandal, and uh, that was really, uh, really, great to continue working and developing well it's it's interesting to me how how does obviously costume design color is so important in costume design knowing that you're making a black and white film how does your approach change in terms of the the clothing that you're um designing not having color uh, to use so Elia Alcazar has a very a great vision of, he's, he's very hands-on director and he has a great vision and he did not want uh, to use black and white costume, which would be predictable, but more like using warm tones and a palette like we were in Joshua Tree in the desert. So you have this desert, but you have this beautiful granite, you know, uh, stone. And so we used uh, this palette for the actors as well. We used nude tone and beige and tan rather than black and white. Sure. It would be too harsh and a little a little boring as well. So the palette was very rich and, and subtle. And even if you have a black and white, you don't need necessarily a black and white um, um, costumes or fabrics. And we also used a lot of metallic. So the mm. costume of Nikita, I printed the costume with tattoo pattern and metallic. That's my specialty that mm. I developed in all these other films previously. So um, we loved this metallic accent that was really uh, working very well in the dark, for example. And we actually did a lot of research on that film. We did a test at Panavision uh, with with the DP, and uh, we we 
took the time to make a lot of research to find really a good language, a good visual language that was really special and extraordinary. Mm. Uh, it, it looks extraordinary. I mean, the, it has an incredible, uh, a really incredible look to the to the film. Now, it's interesting to hear you say, I've always also been interested in how a, a costume designer interacts with both the production designer and the director of photography to create a palette. And on this film, how did you, you said you went to Panavision and, and, and did uh, tests. When you're working in metallics, because sometimes with different cameras, the way the sensors, if you're shooting digitally or whether you're shooting on film, the way certain fabrics, you can't have too much pattern because there's aliasing or what were some of the things that you were looking for in designing these costumes and how did you work with your DP and your production designer to create an overall look for the movie? Yes, so we we decided to create a visual language and having like maybe shiny material and texture and pattern. And also it was always a lot of testing. So, and I did also a lot of aging. We tested mm. the blood and all that <laughs> and uh, making sure that nothing is flat because it, it's a, there is a lot of movement as well all the time. So it was great that, so, Definitely, with the DP, we tried also um, the color, and with the production design, the production design, the house uh, in Joshua Tree was was fantastic, and we worked also with uh, what was actually very important was the um, filming of uh, stop motion because then the set was completely recreated in a studio. Right. So then, uh, and the costume as well. So it was a lot of technical aspect. Yes. The difference between, uh, I would assume that you, there's a scale issue. If you're dealing with stop motion and live action, was it the same? Like, like in terms of the size of costumes were, the, could, having not seen the movie, I would assume was the stop motion smaller, or or how did that work? And if you're working, if you're making clothes for a stop motion character, how does that work in terms of your fabrics? Do you have to find fabrics that you can reduce in size and scale? <laughs> see, you see me laughing here because um, I, I love your the question and. Um, you mentioned, do you find? Well, we don't find. We have to make it. Right. Yeah, I should, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, yes, so that, that was actually, uh, that was definitely a big aspect of everything because you actually, the puppets are much smaller. They're really mm. like, uh, like um, you know, this, the size of two hands, let's say, about. And... Uh, maybe your one hand i don't have the measurements <laughs> right. but uh, <laughs> but it's much smaller and you have to uh, reduce the clothes make miniature clothing yeah and the puppet makers made the puppet and the clothes but then it was a lot of adjustment so i always do the adjustment myself like um recreating a nude underwear because you have to match exactly yeah. and uh, all the details, you know, the patina, all the matching, because I think in, only in Hollywood do we 
understand exact matching. And uh, <laughs> I have this practice, long practice, and I think that's a very good asset to, to have because you see the difference on camera. Yeah, absolutely. And I would think that, that in terms of scale, fabric moves differently. I mean, in terms of, of, of the thickness of a fabric on a regular-sized human being, you have to reduce the, the thickness of that. So if a, if a character, a stop-motion character is moving, it can't, the, the fabric can't be too thick. So when you're creating something, were you using the same material or did you have to find a different material that looked the same as it would look on the live-action uh, characters so it, it, it would move in a similar fashion? I mean, was yes, that hard you, to... Exactly right. You can you can barely never use the same material because yeah. the same material would be too heavy, too thick, and look way too bulky in this. And definitely, I see like you know I was mentioning earlier uh, to you that I was working with my dolls, you know, when I was six years old. <laughs> right. So I really saw that. You know, I'm just seeing this right now. You know, like making little buttons and little zippers and little. You know, I was fascinated by these hooks and all. Uh, a whole mechanism of a costume when I was six years old already, and making uh, uh, making a doll or making a puppet uh, miniature is, is the same. So you have to yes, you have to recreate always and uh, paint the little motif and paint repaint the pattern of the fabric much smaller. Yes. I mean, it's that that in itself is fascinating to me. Um, and I, I, you talked about coming from a family that made precision pieces for watches. And there's a discipline and a philosophy that goes into manufacturing something that's that exact. And I would think with stop motion when you're when you're reducing something in size, and then you you have somebody has to manipulate, the stop motion characters. I mean, they have to be moved a frame at a time. Um, were there any interesting and unique difficulties in addition to the scale issue in terms of when fabric is, is handled? I, what were some of maybe the, the things that you might not have anticipated uh, working in stop motion that were also other uh, difficulties that you might have had to surmount? Well, maybe what I can see is because I have been trained at a young age at minuscule little pieces in detail. Yeah. I have an eye is is used to this. My eye is very um, how can I say? I, I see things that probably other people would not see. You know, when yes. I when I when you bring me something, I say no, it does not work. You know, and for somebody else, it would be just okay. So uh, I I think. Definitely, I have this patience of creating these very small little details until it's really, um, really good. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would think that would that would be something that that you uh, would excel at, and and not a lot of people. It's funny because I, I, I I'd never thought of that before until. But you're in, you have a unique background that would have given you great insight, and we have. I've always loved stop motion all the way back. There was um. I don't know if he was Russian or Polish, named Vladislav Steryevich, who was making stop motion movies in the nineteen, the teens, 1915, 16, 17. 
And when I first moved to Los Angeles, I saw a retrospective of his work at the uh, LACMA, the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. And I was blown away by it. And I, you know, you American kids grow up and we've seen stop motion animation, but what, what you're doing in Divinity or what Henry Selleck was doing in things like Nightmare Before Christmas, when you started working in stop motion, were you going back and looking at previous stop motion films from cinema history? And, yes. and, and what might have been some of the stop motion influences on Divinity? What were some of your favorite stop motion films that you, you had seen? Well, I, you know, I, I really like to see uh, black and white, like say uh, shades also when you do this. In, in French, we say ombre, théâtre d'ombre. Um, where you you see just only the profile or the the, the shape and mm. uh, definitely I love the, the this invention of movie like with Les Frères Lumière oh, yes. and uh, these movies that you would go see when I was young you know I still was going to see movies and uh, it was like in this very old theater and this magic and the, the music was playing and nothing was really um, working well all the time. So it, it, I watched again a lot of this um, material uh, at the Academy Museum also. They have an incredible presentation of, uh, of um, little uh, miniature like yes. Tim Burton. And uh, that's just... Uh, amazing actually and i also like the designing because i also sketched and designed these these uh, puppets so uh, when you see all these little characters aligned and uh, and uh, designed it's it's very uh, precise you know i love this precision of development for this yes now you talked about growing up and and sewing uh, for like your dolls, do you sew and build your own costumes today, or do you work with uh, people that do that for you? Well, uh, I have been sewing a lot until I was actually actually until I became a costume designer. And then you know you're <laughs> running out of time. And right. <laughs> just, right. Uh, also, you know, during your weekend you might do something else. But um, on a project, I don't sew. First of all. A costume designer is, you know, we have crews and uh, and sure. um, kind of like um, specialists that do everything. First of all, I never would have the time. And second, uh, you have a specialist and it's pretty complicated. You know, everything is, has become uh, so now I can still sew very well, but I don't think I have the skills to sew costumes. Um, a science fiction costume is is. Uh, very yeah. uh, complex and you need you need to practice always actually so no the answer is no i don't uh, so i I, I have really good i have really great tailors you know to to do this type of work like for example the underwear on divinity for the men were all tailored and, and complicated so mm. my tailor and we need always more you know we're we on the film you, you are filming and then you have problems and we need 10 more than the wear. So, you know, you need somebody somewhere uh, getting this done. And, uh, yes. Uh, the, how long, um, obviously stop motion, a low budget movie might film in a couple, three or four weeks, but stop motion can take a long time. 
How long uh, was the production schedule of the film? How long did you work on Divinity? Mm, in and out, the filming one was one month, and then the prep prep was short. You know, it was like a month, a three weeks prep. Wow. Okay. And then it was a puppet again. You know, with a puppet and organizing when they were doing the miniature. I was there at the beginning to make sure everything is great. But I think for uh, filming the miniature, I've no, I don't know exactly how long it took, but I'm sure it took a long time because yeah. then that's really very time consuming. So the m movie was made definitely in different sections. And uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was just like, uh, um, like definitely a work of passion. Like um, Eddie Alcazar is, is very passionate and um, it's uh, great working with him because he, you know, there is everything is organized and then there is always a space for improvisation you know can we add this detail can you uh, put more metallic here and there and uh, it's i think we're a great team um, in that way yeah i mean he obviously he was the writer director he's definitely an auteur he produced the film one of the producers of the film as well and when you are working with someone like Eddie, like you said, there's room for improvisation. How do the two of you begin? Does I mean, obviously, he's he wrote the script, but do you sit down and does he show you things that he's influenced by that he liked? Do you take drawings to him? How do you begin working with the director? So on on Divinity, for example, it was a very specific start because it was no script. And mostly it was the storyboarding. So uh, Eddie mm. has a wall with a lot of storyboarding, with, which was a start, a visual start for each of the characters. And then I continue with sketching and bringing other ideas and research, like for example, the brothers, the twin brothers, where um, Japanese, they were fighters, like martial fighters. So <laughs> I researched then martial art, you know, in every every uh, um, direction possible. And then for the uh, lab scene also, it was different. different. And then it was the um, um, makeup, um, the, the effect makeup, the prosthetic. And the prosthetic, of course, have to work with the costume. So we sure. had a lot of angles to look at uh, for each of these characters, yes. Um, I, I, it looks, uh, this this movie, I can't wait to see this movie. I, I saw the trailer for it like a year ago, and I think it mm. opens in December. Um, and it's it's one of these films, like I grew up watching movies like this, and I'm, I, I'm so excited to see it. And I, I really enjoy like the cast. I mean, I, I've liked what Bella Thorne's been in, but you know, Stephen Dorff has always been in, in interesting films. And then of course, Scott Bakula, another Star Trek connection, the captain of yes. the first enterprise, the NX-01. Um, when you work with cast members, when you, when you start to work with actors, uh, how does that work for you? Do you like to work with actors? Do they inform some of your choices What's it like for you working with cast? Well, working with cast is everything, of course. And uh, we get 
information for me it's very important to meet with the actors and and you know discuss their costume and also have an idea of um in in this project it was a lot of movement a lot of actions and mm. everything so it has to be comfortable what they can wear and uh, definitely uh, with uh steven dorf he, he was incredible in this role and uh, i was he had very few costume he had several costume he had a costume as a scientist which was uh, pretty easy so it's just regular fitting of cont contemporary clothing but then it was all this scene as a um, as a monster and uh, <laughs> where he had the prosthetic growing and, and it's pretty uncomfortable to wear these prosthetics right and very long hours of makeup and then it was this underwear beige underwear so uh, of course um it's not very exciting to wear a beige underwear for almost all the film. <laughs> and uh, it was, it's always like, uh, you know, as a costume designer, you want to bring new costume and excitement and make be generous, you know, and, and your actors look fabulous. But it was not the case. And uh, that was um, that, you know, he, he did great a great performance, but in the costume department, it was not uh, extraordinary for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it does look like you did get to create a lot of it. it. Based on what I've seen from the film, you did create some pretty amazing stuff for for yes. the other characters. So I loved the the scene with the with the woman with Bella Thorne because you know it's it's extremely simple. I think the variation is is really good. And then I loved definitely the costume of Nikita. I think she was uh, she loved her costume. And also we had this um, um, athletic men. You know all these athletic men. Basically they don't need that much costume because everything about them is their body. You know the body built. And uh, so it was great to uh, work with them because they, they felt they loved their costumes. They wanted to take it home. And um, so, and also the women, uh, you know, the contrast between the athletic, um, the athlete, uh, which were really um, extraordinary uh, built and, um, you know, beautiful, tall and beautiful and then we had the women that were uh, models and um, and dancers and they were very small so you had already like the characters were already there and the costume it, it was just there to enhance and support them so sure and when we did party scenes and we added a lot of detail so it was so much variation in that film that uh, it was it was fascinating what are some things in the film for viewers? Um, what are some things that you're particularly proud of? What are some of your favorite creations in the film? Mm, I would say, I would say, you know, the uh, Nikita and the brothers were kind of a, a team, kind of a gang. And I really like the way they were together because they were, first of all, they were also very tight because they stayed a long time together during the whole filming. And I felt like visually between, uh, you know, they looked like warriors and uh, being also um, 
beautiful and sexy, you know, like, so I, I really liked that. I thought, I thought it was very science fiction, minimalist science fiction, beautiful, elegant, and uh, I, I really like that, yes. <laughs> well, I, 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 uh, that's, um, uh, those are, that, that's all music to my ears. <laughs> I really, <laughs> I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to and- see this movie. You see what was also uh, what you see in the film, but then the, the filming was, you know, like it was hot. It was Joshua Tree at the end of the summer. It's really warm. So we, we had all these uh, elements to deal with. So uh, I, the all the cast and crew and everybody was so passionate and so extraordinary on that project. It was really magical. Yeah, it, it, it looks magical. I, I'm, I really can't wait to see it. You know, and you've—I have to give you a shout out because there's other movies and shows that you've worked on that I'm a huge, huge fan of. Um, you worked on two—you worked on *WandaVision*, which I was blown away by. I loved *WandaVision*, and I loved *Legion*, which was another Marvel show based—you know—it came out of the X-Men. But *Legion* was what a knockout show, and that must have been a pretty fun show for you to work on. I really. I really love that, and I think a movie that doesn't get enough love is Passengers with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. The design of that film, Guy Hendricks Dias was the production designer, and I love the costumes that you guys worked on. I love the look, and there was a lot of, like you said, textile work that you had done, uh, really amazing work in that film. And I loved how Helen Mirren looked in Fury of the Gods, um, I, I, her costumes were absolutely stunning. So I wanted to, to give you a shout out to the work, work on those films that you'd done because, uh, big fan, big fan of that work. And then I know I would be remiss because of our audience who loves mm-hmm. science fiction, fantasy, and horror. And I'm not going to ask you anything about it. I just want to point out that you are working on the skeleton crew TV series, the new Star Wars TV series. I'm sure you can't even mention it because Disney will come after you with the Disney police force. I just want to. I just want to give you a shout out that uh, that's of course uh, the the show that Jude Law is starring in, and I I don't, I don't know anything about it. Don't say anything about it because we'll get demonetized and the police will come after us. But I'm very excited for what you have coming up as well. So very exciting. And then Divinity uh, is apparently opening in December uh, here in the States. And you'll be able to, people are going to be able to see it. So it's going to be very exciting. Now, we always ask people on this show, there's going to be a lot of uh, people that are just beginning their career. Is there any advice, uh, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to get in to costume design, textile work, uh, what? How should they begin? Because you had a very circuitous route to get there. You you had so many interesting things before you became a costume designer. Uh, what what advice could you give somebody who wants to work in costume design? Uh, so that's a. I love this question because I've been uh, teaching, you know, as an educator for, for before in my country, uh, and uh, I also have been teaching costume design. Um, at some point and uh, I love education and passing your skills and I would definitely recommend to uh, to work on as many projects as possible different projects but also find uh, 
other designers to work with and learn from them and be patient and uh, learn very different ways. And I definitely have to give a shout out myself to the extraordinary costume designers that I had the pleasure to work with. You mentioned um, a few films and uh, like the last, uh, for example, um, um, Hocus Pocus or um, Shazam 2, the costume for Ellen Mirren were a pleasure. I created these beautiful capes with metallic as well. Amazing. And, and uh, I uh, spent eight months at Warner Brothers. Um, you know, the, and you, you see one cape, but then there is also the behind. You have to make multiples. And, and uh, for me, Ellen Mirren is a great goddess. Is really like... Um, maybe my favorite costume, you know, like uh, for, uh, like uh, women warriors. And uh, I think sh she's extraordinary in that uh, in that role and so many other roles, actually. So uh, that's uh, that's definitely a pleasure. And uh, definitely early in my career, you know, working at Star Trek with Bob Blackman, mm -hmm. uh, working with Aiko Ishioka was incredible. You know, she taught me that... Um, a cost, a, you know, a costume is a piece that you you can see in a museum and museum quality. Yes, she was always talking about museum quality. So I really you keep that for the rest of your life. You know, I worked with Sonia Hayes and and many costume designers that trusted me and we had this partnership to create something beautiful and it definitely an adventure and also in television. It's even more um, challenging because the speed is is more um, difficult than on movies. So um, yes, I definitely uh, recommend to all the young designers to be patient first and to learn. It takes a long time to develop yourself and to learn um, how to do things and to um, you know, the crew and uh, it's a big machine. So, yes, that's my that's my advice. Uh, good advice. Good advice. And again, you, you, you your credits are I, I just look over them and you worked on so many cool movies, whether it's Mission Impossible three or whether it was you worked on. Uh, I'm a huge fan of of James Patterson's Alex Cross novels. And you worked on Along Came a Spider with Morgan Freeman, which was the second novel that they adapted for film. And the first one was Kiss the Girls. But I I, I mean, Michael Wincott, I, I love that movie. I love Along Came a Spider. And um, and you were, I just watched um, another film that is absolutely stunning, a perfect movie for Halloween, which just passed, was Sleepy Hollow. Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow was just re-released uh, as a 4K disc, and you can really see those costumes are amazing, and and you can really see them in 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 4K. They really hold up. Uh, your whole team on that movie, uh, amazing. And you also worked on the TV series uh, Counterpart, that ended too early. Uh, what a great show that was. Uh, the J.K. Mm -hmm. Simmons changing a multiple multiple Earths. Uh, that was a tremendous show. So your uh, your credits are absolutely fantastic, and I just I can't wait to see Divinity. And um, for any of you science fiction or horror fans, 
all you have to do is watch the trailer and you'll be hooked. You'll mm. be so I, I think yes, watching yes. it you you can't you can't help but not you, you're gonna want to see this movie uh, as soon as you watch the trailer. So I hope and Eddie Alcazar is somebody that I am very interested in seeing his work and what you guys did together. So yes, listen. And also, I wanted to also mention it's great to work with young uh, directors as well because you know they have a whole different approach with uh, images and and uh, like making um, um, like uh, little. You know, they, they, they work so fast and they're so creative and it's also in a digital way, like communicating digitally about the film and all that. So it's really fascinating to me to get to this uh, new language and new generation. I love the technical revolution and all this and uh, this new world that we're creating. It's good to hear that. I mean, you know, everyone's talking about, well, you know, there's going to be AI and everything's going to change. But I, I don't I don't think that's necessarily true. It's just yet another tool to use. And to hear someone, a veteran like yourself, who's worked on so many great projects, to be looking forward to working now and today and, and moving forward into the future is is very inspiring. So and uh, and, and and the possibilities are endless. Who knows what we're going to see in the next five or ten years? It's going to be, it's going to be amazing. Well, Francine, I, I want to say thank you so much for being here and and letting us interview you today here on the Designing Hollywood podcast. It's been great. Um, it has been very insightful and very interesting. And Divinity, I hope everyone checks it out, seeks it out because after you watch the trailer, you're you're going to want to see this movie. So everybody should go watch it now. It's on YouTube. You can see the trailer. You can see your work. And uh, it looks amazing. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. Thank you. It has been a pleasure. And I like your passion and definitely your knowledge is incredible. And uh, I really um, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you to our very impressive sponsor, Costumes Rental Corporation. The variety of costumes at Costumes Rental Corporation is expansive. CRC is recognized worldwide as the premier supplier of military and police costume uniform rentals. Costumes Rental Corporation takes pride in its commitment to each customer, helping to produce the type of exceptional look needed for a successful production. A special thank you to founder and executive producer Martika Ibarra, co-founder, costume designer, the legendary Marilyn Vance, and of course, John Campia from The John Campia Show. Our technical director is Taylor Gonzalez. Thank you to all of our viewers for tuning in and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Tune into the audio version wherever you listen to podcasts. I am, of course, your host, Robert Meyer Burnett, and you can find me on Instagram at rmburnett or find me on Twitter at burnettrm or on YouTube at postgeeksingularity. Thanks very much. Like, subscribe, and give us your comments. What would you like to see on the channel? Right down below. Thanks very much for watching, and we'll see you on the next episode of Designing Hollywood.